welcome to the Environmental Science Careers Podcast. I'm glad you're joining me today. My name is Julia. I'm an environmental scientist, as you might have figured. I'm also a healthy living advocator and a world explorer. If you want to find out more about what it is I do, head over to my website, youdoyou.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, guys, and welcome back. Uh, I'm sorry for taking so long to get you another episode, but I've been quite busy and a lot of things have happened in my life. Um, but yeah, I'm back. And so thanks a lot for sticking around. And if you're new here, welcome to the Environmental Science Careers podcast. Um, we will interview scientists here. And today I have a really special interview because I was at a conference at the end of January about sustainable forestry and conservation. And there I met a colleague and friend again, Pilar Valbuena, that I interviewed um, for this podcast. She has quite an interesting career pathway because she specialized in the field of science communication and knowledge management, kind of by accident. So we will talk about that and how she made herself a name in the field. We will also talk about why she now decided to finish her PhD. And we will talk about social media because actually in this century, in this world today, it might be really important for modern scientists to have a social media account and to be active on social media. And so we will talk about why. And also we will talk about the language used in social media to promote science and how the public is involved. The interview was recorded outside. We were outside the Congress Center and we were sitting underneath a really huge, nice oak tree. And so you probably will hear some background bird noises, some bird songs, but I don't think that's a problem. It's actually quite nice because we are in an environmental science podcast, so why not record episodes outside? And right now I'm sitting also outside um, in the garden of my workplace, so you might also be accompanied by some birds right now. Um, a little bit uh, of an update about me. I finished my master's, my master of science in forestry and natural resource management. I'm currently working in the same research center in Catalonia where I also did my master's thesis, but I'm working on a new project related to ecosystem services. And yeah, let's see where, where this um, takes me in the future. But I will try to interview some of my colleagues here in the next month so I can provide a few more episodes for you. And yeah, that's already it. I hope you're as excited as I was for this interview. And let's get started. Hi, Pilar. Thanks for doing an interview with me today. Um, well, maybe just introduce yourself, tell me where you're from and what you're doing here. Uh, thank you very much. I've heard your podcast mm -hmm. and I really like it. So it's like, uh, I feel like famous a little bit. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> So I'm Pilar, I'm from Spain, I'm forestry engineer, master uh, in forestry, and I'm doing my PhD. I come from Valencia in the north of Spain, but I work all around the Mediterranean about forestry communication mainly and knowledge management. Okay. And yeah, and I'm doing my PhD about governance and participation, but using text mining techniques to analyze how the speech of the partners in the mother forest are it's created so it's something quite new and and i hope it finishes well <laughs> for how long are you doing your phd now uh okay i began like a first phd in 2003 but then i began to work so i gave up 
Okay, so you um, finished your master quite a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, and now I I've been working with Model Forest, that is a participative process at the landscape level, and then after working some years in 2017, I decided to finally finish my PhD, but with another subject that mm -hmm. more related to what I was working at that moment. And I think it's a good choice. It's hard to work <laughs> under the PhD at the same time, but it's a good choice to really go with something you really, an answer, a question that you really want to answer. Okay. So how come that you decided to give up your PhD in, uh, in 2003, you said? Yeah, it was, it was um, at the beginning, I was with a contract for my PhD, then the contract Where? was finishing here in Valencia okay. with Felipe. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was about uh, forest, uh, growth forest modeling. So uh, at the beginning, uh, I was beginning to work in, in this job about uh, international cooperation and forestry because I can speak English and French, and that's not easy to find, so I was just the, the only option for the job, so I got the job. And, and then I, when I began to work, it was like, hey, no problem, I have here my PhD stuff, and I will finish in my free time. But then uh, you don't realize, and it has like six months after that, it's like, oh my God, the things of my PhD are still in the same place and haven't touched anything. Mm -hmm. And it was like quite uh, complicated stuff. So I read the things that I have written and I couldn't understand them very well. So it was like at some point I got like absolutely lost and, and disconnected. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was weird because I had I had already the article and maybe I, if I, with the fun effort, I could have finished it. But it was like... Uh, I think maybe it was not the subject for me, or and I mm -hmm. lost interest. Too too much work. I began to travel. I traveled almost three weeks every month to different places, so it was too stressful, <laughs> and I was like, but I really wanted to finish my PhD. So it was it was something here, like uh, like on the top of my head, like uh, like uh, very heavy thing, <laughs> uh, telling me I had to finish it. Well, now you're working in a subject that you probably are more into than back then, so it turned out well, no? Yeah, that, that's the <laughs> point, and it's like, but it's uh, it's the point, but it's it's uh, you get so it's such excited about the uh, subject that sometimes you go more in deep than your own PhD director. So it's like you tell in, in this case to tell her like the crazy things that you have read and the things you can consider and that, and she looks at you like, oh my god. Uh, you have to have to explain me that better, but it's it's I think it's a it's a good way of doing it, and it's a, a for me the PhD too it's a way of learning to be a researcher. Mm -hmm. So it's the road you take as a researcher, and you begin to look the world in a different way, like more analyzing the things, mm -hmm. and like uh, you stop and think why the things happen. So it's it's um, not only the knowledge you create as a doctor, but how it changes you in the way in your professional and daily life. The way mm -hmm. you look at the world is is different, yeah, and I like true. that. But at some point you have to stop there and and and, and finish is it. A it. Threshold for what you want to achieve yeah. and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. work on that. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Um, so between um, studying your first PhD and now doing your second, um, you worked in a quite, or is still working in a quite interesting field. 
more related to science communication, no? Yeah, it was... Can it, you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, at the beginning it was I was supposed to work with these landscape approach initiatives. Like, I was like... Um, uh, I was part of the secretary of the network, so I have to manage communication between the partners and members of the network. But at some point, you you began to do much more than that. It's not that sh uh, sending mails mm -hmm. to people. It's you begin to have the knowledge, the information. You have to prepare it, and you have to uh, present it in different formats. Mm -hmm. uh, or you have them, uh, for example, you have to prepare for a, a scientific article or something that goes to a newspaper or something that goes to social media. Mm -hmm. So it's you begin to work really as a communicator. Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, that's why in, in my LinkedIn you see knowledge management because finally it's that role mm -hmm. of receiving all the information and then preparing the, that in a different way to the different users that are going to receive that. Mm -hmm. So from that, that, that it was part of secretary of the of the network, finally, uh, okay, you learn yourself and you create tools for for communication plan planning, how to make a communication plan in a different way, something very simple that mm -hmm. can be implemented by anyone, uh, doing it in a participative way because the, the uh, model for is participative, so I couldn't um, I, I thought that it's impossible to build something that was not uh, with this uh, this point of view, and and then I always taking pictures, so <laughs> pictures, photos became part of the of my work landscape. So uh, and you begin to have like a profile, quite strange but specific on the same. Mm -hmm. And at some point, it has happened to me that someone asked me, okay, I have a meeting next, uh, next month in this place, ministry, whatever, and I want you to come and do your stuff. <laughs> do my stuff. What's do my stuff? Yeah, you know, you make the report, you take the photos, you put it on social media. So it's like uh, this part of, of sharing mm -hmm. information. I guess this kind of jobs um, are much more important now than they were like 10 years ago because everybody needs to be on social media and show what they're doing otherwise they don't exist. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and the issue is that before, uh, when you talk with foresters, okay, forest, foresters with communication is terrible. <laughs> and it's like they told you, ah, but the society doesn't know what we do. Yeah, what do you, don't you tell them? No, no, they must know. Come on, <laughs> osmosis. The information goes out from you and arrives there to them. It doesn't work like that. And you have to adapt your language. You have to don't talk about sediculture uh, and, and words that they don't understand because they, they don't have to understand it. Yeah. So at the beginning, it was very funny because no, no many foresters were on Twitter. And, and many foresters think Twitter as a, as a way for, as a place for battle. <laughs> to go there and then they're gonna tell you things that are not true and you have to fight for the truth. Uh, no, there's not only true, one, one truth. If it, it, it was, uh, that would be great, but that's not the reality. And you have to learn to discuss with people that people don't know. So, and for me, what social media brings is networks. Mm -hmm. You meet a lot of interesting people on Twitter. Yeah, not, not just, mm -hmm. uh, and people from 
different fields, different points of view. I think that's that's awesome. But many people go there to I have to tell my stuff. No, that's not that's not. Uh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, and I like it a lot. Well, you were doing a presentation yesterday about the kind of bias that there might be on Twitter because the scientists kind of stick to themselves and they're communicating in a very scientific way, so they're kind of excluding the public. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's like uh, social media is supposed to, instead of being in the room telling your partners and the people who knows already what you're doing, going on the top of the roof with uh, like making big noise about the stuff you do. But if you're uh, telling things that no one understands, you're still in the room because the only ones who understand you, even if you're on the top of the roof, are the ones who talk, speak mm -hmm. your language. And and the problem is that uh, is that uh, when we go to social media, we have to adapt our language to for everybody to understand because it's not this wordless. Mm -hmm. And the people keeps on using the same language. And it's a problem because we keep on being in the room with our, our, our partners and the people that know our stuff. And social media is not for that. Yeah, and science neither it should be also for, for the every, general public. <laughs> that's it. It's like, and if you cannot, uh, this thing that if you cannot explain it in an easy way, is that there is a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Because I, I always put the example of the people that works with uh, physics and and quantum mechanics and those kind of things and they're able to explain what the black hole is in a very easy way mm -hmm. and make films about that <laughs> uh, and it's and uh, and then you can go to see a film uh, like um, uh, mars that has a lot of a lot of uh, scientific base behind and uh, on other films interstellar is like pure pure science mm -hmm. and physics with very complex, super complex ideas. And the people understand that. So if they understand that, how they cannot understand that we have to manage the forest. Mm -hmm. So it's not, they are not difficult subjects. It's that you have to find a way for the people to understand it. And sometimes it, it takes an effort and mm -hmm. takes help from other people that's not from your field. Because if you tell that to someone from your field, they would understand. But you have to go and explain uh, to a friend or your grandmother. It's like my aunt and me. I'm you still working the things about trees. Mm -hmm. I'm a forester. Of course, I work with trees. Or well, I don't work with trees, but it's like yeah, but that stuff with trees. And if you ask one of some of my friends, it's like no, Pilar, she works with. Things, those things about trees <laughs> and I try to explain that to them because okay my part of the job is like complicated international mm -hmm. so it's like not, not normal forester but when I explain it in an easy way what the forester does it's like ah mm, oh, that that's that's easy yeah but it's, it's not me talking telling to everybody it has to come from the from the yeah, yeah, sector yeah. yeah and it's so funny and and uh, for example with one friend he was like, oh yeah, this friend of yours, he always tell me that, bless it, does stuff about trees. <laughs> and he's like, but what did you do? And I was like, having a beer with her and telling her, it's like, oh, but you, 
do actually very interesting stuff. <laughs> it's not stuff no, about not tree. Just tree hugging. Yeah, tree cutting <laughs> or, or tree, uh, trees cutting or I don't know. So it's it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it needs some some effort from everybody to to change this because yeah. one person or one institution will not make the difference. No, no. and we need to do it in, with a plan mm -hmm. because if each institution, each uh, entity, each person uh, communicates but with different objectives, finally mm -hmm. the society won't get the. It's like, for example, WWF, Greenpeace. They make great great campaigns, yeah, yeah, yeah. simple messages, and sometimes it's like, okay, no, it's, it's a wrong message, but they arrive to people. Yeah, so true. it's, it's uh, a kind of advertisement. Yeah, advertisement. yeah. Um, would you say that having a social, well, I guess Twitter account more than Instagram or Facebook for a scientist is very important these days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now mainly Twitter, mm -hmm. but for example, it depends on who you want to reach. Now with science, I think it's Twitter. It, it gets a lot of yeah. uh, attention and a lot of researchers are there. So there are already some uh, studies that uh, certify that, that, that they have um, proof that uh, if uh, a researcher is on Twitter, other researchers, more researchers, uh, cite their their research. Okay. Because they know about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you Google, you look for it, but did you know about the research and you know what this research tells on Twitter and about other things, yeah. you are more likely to lie, to go and check his mm -hmm, article. Mm -hmm. So, or her, so it's, it's, uh, they're already seeing that. It's a, it's a way of mm, online networking. Yeah. And, and for example, if you want to get younger people to get attracted by science, you have to go to Instagram. Mm, yeah. Uh, independent countries. Uh, Facebook, for example, is very active with Northern Africa mm -hmm. and in Africa in general. And there are groups very active, for example, about forests, mm -hmm. forestry mm -hmm. in in Morocco and in the Mediterranean. Well, Algerians uh, departments of forest, each department, they have a, a Facebook page where they put information about their activities. Mm -hmm. And so I know what is being done by the general director forest in, I don't know, some province in, in Algeria. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't know what the research center is doing. If that information would be there, I think, and that would get more attention from the public and more attention from the public means more funds for research. So that finally, <laughs> that should be the objective. We want it to be more important for the society because we want more funds to keep on working and making it a better job and mm -hmm. in, for the forest to be better and significant so changes sustainability yeah yeah that's <laughs> it that's it i'm always trying to get some useful tips for listeners regarding environmental careers <laughs> um so your field of um, more science communication do you have any tips of how potential graduates could get into this field Oof. Uh, because for you it yeah. seems like it was more or less a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, because for me, the, what you finally do as a job, it's a combination of what you study, what you're good at, mm -hmm. what other skills that you get. So for me, it was a combination, okay, I'm a forestry engineer, uh, but I speak Spanish, English and French. I learn Chinese. I don't know why <laughs> I learn Chinese. And then I take photos because I always... 
look at, at the world and looking for things that pop at mm -hmm. my eye. So it was a combination of things that all put together. But if you like one field, is go and check what the people there is doing. Mm -hmm. For environmental communication, there are some good masters and courses and all that. But mainly is to, there are always like workshops, uh, for example, in big events about in the Global Asker Forum, there was that, and the, in the um, uh, World Forestry Congress, there was like workshops before events mm -hmm. where they have like uh, three days of workshop to teach about communication, mm -hmm. social media, blogging, and all that. And I, I went to four of them, even when I was already working, mm -hmm. and it was for young people, but I participated too. It was a mix of, between young people who was beginning and people who were already working on that. And you learn so much mm -hmm. in three days, and learning, uh, uh, reading what others are doing. Uh, C4, Indonesia, C4 Forest, they have an awesome uh, blogs, uh, uh, and they explain very well uh, science mm -hmm. about forests. So reading and, and getting these opportunities to go on and, and try and begin to do things like to do recording these, these podcasts online and, and show, show because it's kind of having like a portfolio of what you can do, I guess. Yeah, and mm -hmm. if you are good with photo, go with photo. Mm -hmm. If you are good with writing, there's not many people that's very good uh, writing. So go and try and, and begin to write your material and mm -hmm. share it. Or if you're good with video or audio, go and, and try and uh, and try. Uh, if it doesn't work, keep on trying and learning and listening to others or reading what others do. And mm -hmm. that's the way of failing is, always, is many times the way to success. So, yeah, nothing. well, if you're working in a field that you're already passionate about because you studied it or whatever, then it's yeah, that's uh, it. more or less maybe a hobby that starts like this. Yeah, for me, photography was like mm -hmm. that. It began as a hobby and then it's part of my job that's very cool. <laughs> so so that's that's great that building your own career mm -hmm. is hard <laughs> but it's uh it pays off i think mm -hmm. so what's your plan now after you finish your research <laughs> after i finish my research i think i will go on holidays for one month disconnected from the whole world no social media <laughs> no social media <laughs> nothing uh, but i think i uh I don't know. I'm always looking for new opportunities, and I I'm open to anything. I don't know. I I haven't done plans. Would you like to go abroad? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If there is a interesting opportunity that makes me uh, like grow as a professional, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we Chinese. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I. I I, I like, it's like I, I don't like making plans because the life always has them. So it's just uh, keep on learning and catching the opportunities as they come. Or looking for opportunities too. Mm -hmm. It's not that they wake yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's like looking for opportunities and it's there are always opportunities coming if you build your career and keep on learning. Learning is always, mm -hmm. always peace off. Yeah. Well, knowledge is power. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> no, thank you very much. It was uh, awesome.
and that's already it thanks so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed it and as usual if you have comments or questions feel free to message me um, you can find the link to my blog in the description of this podcast and i'm always happy to hear from you it would be amazing if you could go to itunes and leave me a review and preferably five stars and like this i will be able to reach even more people with the message of how cool and diverse environmental science actually can be so thanks so much for listening and i will hear you next time <laughs>